following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Word Alive. I'm Kent Maddox, and I'm excited about spending some time with you today. It's been an amazing week. It's like Holy Spirit is just showing up everywhere in every environment, in every opportunity that I'm walking into. We're in a very, very significant season. And so I'm going to be talking to you about that some today. Uh, I know we started a series last week, Led. We talked about uh, being led by the Holy Spirit, and I was going to give you that second uh, installment today. But if you don't mind being led by the Spirit, I really feel led to pause and share something with you today that I believe will impact our destiny, our purpose as individuals, and as an ecclesia, as a church. And so please stay tuned with me. I want to give you a few quick announcements of some upcoming events. May 7th, 8th, and 9th is our next Transformation Weekend. It'll be Friday night worship, Saturday evening breakthrough anointing type service, and then Sunday morning, two services, 9 and 11. We're excited about that. We're going to be talking about the ecclesia and how we're moving differently in this season, and it should be a powerful time. Our worship nights have just been explosive. Uh, The Saturday night growth experience has been phenomenal. And then, of course, Sunday morning, the Lord's been showing up in a very powerful way. And we are so thankful and so grateful. Then, uh, as well in May, May 23rd, a Pentecost Sunday celebration. That'll be May 23rd, one service only, 11 a.m. And we'll be giving you more details about that. But we just wanted to get you to pencil us in on your calendar because we want you to show up on these weekend events and especially Pentecost Sunday because that's one of those appointed times, the Moedims, when we gather around around the Lord. And he promised if we come, he would show up and we would receive a blessing. So we're excited about that. Also, thank you so much for your generosity and your kindness and your continued support here at Word Alive through tithes, offerings, and first fruits. We're hearing tremendous testimonies of how the Lord's blessing in the area of resource. We'd love to make a decree over our giving. And so if you would join me just briefly, and let's make this decree over our giving today as we're asking the Lord to bless us. On the count of three, we'll say it out loud together. One, two, three. We are giving out of love and thankfulness for all the Lord has done. By our giving, we have taken a step into an abundant place of His supply. Therefore, we declare and decree the promise of double portion provision is released over this place, people, and region To God be the glory and praise forevermore. Amen. I believe that. I receive it and I release it to you today and into our territories as we are seeking the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 33, seek the kingdom of God first and all these things will be added unto us. And so we thank God for his abundant supply of resources. In just a moment, I'm going to take you into a prophetic segment, but I need to set it up for you. There is a convergence in the moment we're living in right now of destiny. I sense the spirit of destiny in this room talking to you today. That you and I, we have been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. It's a divine moment, not a chronos time like this, like watch where we keep time, but a kairos moment, an appointment, something out of the ordinary that's come upon us 
for this time and this season. We are entering into a move of God that has been promised to us for years. I know many of you watching today feel like I have. We've been laboring under promises and, and dreams that God has spoken to us as individuals and as a church and ecclesia here at Word Alive. And I feel like they're all of a sudden converging. I'm seeing the first fruits of that. I'm seeing people that God is calling to move from Africa to Alabama. I've met with today because they said God's going to move. I just met with somebody on Zoom from Canada. God's calling us to Alabama. I'm seeing people supernaturally that are God is sending them to Alabama because we have been called to Alabama for such a time as this. The prophecies concerning the state of Alabama. Many of you know our history, how that we prayed and contended over Alabama for years. And then in 2020, launched All In Alabama, where we toured all 67 counties and prayed over each and every county. The government leadership hosted meetings in local churches, released the message of ecclesia, redug the soil of the land, prayed for God to redeem it. That wasn't the finish line. It was just the beginning. All in Alabama was not something that started and finished. It was actually just the beginning of God moving in the state of Alabama. The prophecies are that as Alabama goes, so will the nation. And so I began to revisit the words over my life, over Word Alive International Outreach, over your life as being a part of Word Alive International Outreach. And I landed on a message by Neville Johnson from Australia. He's gone to be with the Lord now. And in this message, you know, when you listen to it again, you just hear so much. This message was 14 years ago this month. And as I re-listen to the message, and you will hear this, and you'll have to listen intently, and it'll be 50-something minutes long, so please listen to it in its entirety because I'm telling you, the Lord will speak to us. But it begins with a visitation of an angel that released basically a tipping point. He talked about me and you and Word Alive being pioneers, that actually he saw a place in heaven where our picture was being formed on a wall in heaven that's called the Pioneers Hall of Fame. Can you imagine? Heaven knows who we are. That's just, I don't know about you, but it gets all over me. Heaven knows who we are. Heaven knows our destiny and our purpose. And then he goes on to talk about a 14, an angel that came and was dispatched to help him with 14 days of spiritual warfare. Then another angel shows up and presents a baby. And literally, he talks about becoming pregnant spiritually. And then an, another angel with 14 days of waiting. And then a map of Alabama shows up on the wall of this man's house in Australia. And he says, you'll go to Alabama, you'll talk to a church, and you will offer them a move of God. I re-looked at this and I thought, oh my, 14 days of warfare. 14 days of waiting for the maturation of the baby and 14 years this month that that prophecy was spoken. 14 generations, Matthew says, from Abraham to David. 14 generations from David to Christ. That number 14 is very significant in the kingdom of God. It's the number of covenant with God and Abraham, the number 14. I believe with all my heart, God has covenanted with you and me and Word Alive International Outreach for a move of God in the state of Alabama that will affect the nation 
and the world. And I believe it's on us now. And so I want to show you this again, a message from 14 years ago that I believe is actually relevant for today. It's actually a message spoken 14 years ago for today. And I want you to engage with it. I want you to prayerfully listen to it. And I believe Holy Spirit will speak to you. Here's what I'm asking. I'm simply saying, God, anyone that is called to Word Alive International Outreach for this season, for this prophetic time, whether you've been here in the past or whether you're here presently or whether you're future coming to us, we're asking let this message go out and let them let you have a receptor to receive it. Only Holy Spirit can do this. This is not man's doing. This is Holy Spirit's doing. But he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what Holy Spirit would say today. And then I want to come back at the end and challenge you uh, as I have been challenged that I believe it is our time to step into a move of God. So watch this, be blessed, and I'll be back at the end and we'll have a bit more of a conversation. Praise God. I got so many books up here and I got my journal up here. And... Hallelujah. The times, they are a-changing. Hallelujah. Two years ago, uh, I was coming to California for meetings, and just before I left, my wife um, came to me and said, once you arrive in the U.S., you're going to be given a watch. I said, I, I don't need a watch, you know. She said, no, she said, you're going to be given a watch. And the timing of that watch, when it stops, as you'll know, the end of the era has come. 20 past nine last night at the end of the service, my watch stopped. Hell yeah. So I've had to borrow somebody's watch this morning to keep an eye on it. I'm gonna have to swing by Kmart. Do you have a Kmart here? Yeah, you can buy a cheap watch. <laughs> but, um, now isn't that interesting? I was talking to my wife on Skype. You know what Skype is? Anyway, you can talk to her face to face on the computer, you know. And it's free. You ought to get it. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Guess what? You all watched up. She said, I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Interesting, isn't it? Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't you realize that each one of you has a destiny and corporately you have a destiny you know you're here today by destiny you were born in this time as a destiny you could have been born in the middle ages you could have been born in another country but you were born here in the last generation on the face of the earth before the Lord returns isn't that exciting? Destiny. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us in Romans 8, 29, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to his image. Whom he did predestinate, then he called. Whom he called, then he justified. Whom he justified, then he glorified. What shall we say then? If God be for us, who can be against us? 
You're saying you came with a mission to this earth. And if God be for us, who can be against us? You have a destiny according to the foreknowledge of God. Now, we're not talking about kind of heathenistic fatalism. Your life is made up of the choices you made over the last few years. But if you made the right choices, your destiny unfolds. And, you know, having predestinated us, obtaining an inheritance in the Lord. See? God foreknew us. He foreknew you before you ever came to this earth. You see, you just think you, your existence started here. Oh, no, it didn't. He foreknew you long before you came here. You're a lot older than you think, you know. <laughs> you really are. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, yes. I've got to get through this real quickly today, so, and uh, watch the clock. But what I'm here to tell you is that God is offering you a move of God that will eclipse anything you have seen. What happened in Pensacola won't even feet, it'll just be a blip on the radar compared to what God is offering you. And uh, we need to understand this. Hallelujah. You know, just recently um, in my home, the Lord came to me and took me to heaven and uh, with an angel. And I was standing outside this huge auditorium. And it was huge. And big doors, big golden doors. That, they looked like timber, but they were gold. And uh, when I walked inside, the whole room was empty, but though it was very big. And, but down the walls, there were etched on the walls faces. And when I looked at these faces on the wall, they became animated and their whole life story played out. And not only their life story, but their feelings, their emotions, I could feel everything. And I went from one to one to one and looked at this. And uh, it's very, very interesting. And I recognized some, I recognized some like Enoch and, and others, and I recognized a few over the last, you know, few years, and people um, who had um, gone to be with the Lord, but their faces were etched in there. And uh, I said, what is this place? And the angel said, you go outside and look at the, th the name over the door. So I went back outside and looked up at the door, and it was the Pioneers Hall of Fame. And I thought, whoa, I've never heard of that. Pioneers Hall of Fame. So I came back in, started looking at the faces, and some I recognized, some I didn't. <laughs> you know, but Pastor Ken's face was on the wall. Some of the faces were just not fully formed yet. They were just coming into being. And, and, I, and I said, what, a, what is that? And they said to me, oh, that's, they, they are still a work in the making. You know, they're still still coming through and when I realized that and I looked at some of these faces I sensed a whole real sense of destiny and uh, when I met your pastor just a few days ago I thought I know that face a face was on the wall you see destiny destiny and uh, we're coming to a time when God is going to do some incredible things
And I just want to go through the sequence of the last three years which the Lord has taken me through and then we can look at some things together if we can have time. But um, there is a generation. God speaks about a specific generation in the Word of God. This generation. And we need to understand that, you know, in Psalm 24, 6, this is a generation of them that seek Him. He was speaking about a specific generation. He said there'll be a generation that will really seek the Lord. And uh, Psalm 24, verse 7, so it says, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up your ever everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. This generation, this is a generation that will seek him, and to this generation a gate is going to be opened and the King of glory is going to come in like never before. We have never seen anything like it on the face of the earth. But it's scheduled for this generation. You see, there is a generation that's going to find their way into the absolute manifest presence of God and begin to reach this generation for God. Wow. Who shall ascend? Psalm 24, verse 3. Then who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, he said? Who shall stand in this holy place before God? He that hath clean hands, a pure heart, not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive this blessing from the Lord and righteousness from our God. And this is the generation of them that seek him. And it's this generation. Now, Psalm 102, verse 6, When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. Now, Zion's a very interesting place. He will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. This shall be written for the generation that is yet to come. See, he's talking prophetically about not their day, not the early church, but a generation that was way down in the future. The last generation on the face of the earth. The generation that will see the gospel of the kingdom preached to every tongue, every tribe, every person on this planet before the Lord returns. This generation. This is a generation he was talking about. This is a generation of them that seek him, that seek his face. And this shall be written for this, this generation to come. Why? Because it says, For God looked down from the heights of his sanctuary in heaven, and he heard the cry of the earth, to hear the groanings of the prisoner, and to loose those who are appointed unto death. God looked down on the earth, and he heard the cry of this generation. You see, we don't have enough, really, to reach this generation of young people. We don't have enough yet to do it. We'd run out of time. God's going to do something way beyond what we ever thought or dreamt of. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we look at this generation of young people. You know, they are facing today things that we never faced. You look at the whole electronic age is ensnaring them in demonic captivity. But I want to tell you, God's got a master plan. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. He looked down from the height from his sanctuary and he heard, he saw what was going on. He heard the groanings of the prisoners to loose them that are appointed to death and to declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem. What we need to understand is like, we call ourselves Pentecostal, right? And that's great. I mean, it's great. Um, believe me, I've been Pentecostal all my life. I was born into an Assemblies of God church. 
Okay. <laughs> I have been Pentecostal all my life. My great my grandfather was a preacher in the Welsh Revival. My dad was saved under Smith Wigglesworth. You know, that's been my life. Pentecost. But I want to tell you we don't have enough what it takes to reach this generation. We need something more. Hallelujah. What we've got is good. We don't despise it. It's great. Hallelujah. But there's a whole generation. We don't want to lose this generation of young people. There are two harvests coming in. Two rolls. Two, two, there's two waves are going to roll in. The first will be sweep millions of young people into the kingdom of God. And they'll be trained to be the next harvesters for the final harvest. And this is going to happen so quickly. And God wants you, you know, to have a real part of this. He said when the church comes to Zion, then God's going to do something phenomenal in the earth. You know, the church has been for so long traveling around the same mountain. And it's good. It's all right. It's good. But God had much, much more. What we have to understand that, if the, that Pentecost, how can I explain this to you? Okay. The children of Israel came out of Egypt, right? Passover, born again. Hallelujah. Not one feeble person. They came into the wilderness. They went 50 days. They traveled 50 days and came to Mount Sinai. Now, what does 50 represent in the scripture? Pentecost. When Jesus died on the cross, it was 40 days, right? Then he said, 10 days in the upper room, right? And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the 50 days were up, the Holy Spirit came. So it was fulfilled there on the day of Pentecost. And, so, and, and that's wonderful, but let me tell you something. That, they all entered Pentecost in the wilderness, not in the promised land. Pentecost is in the wilderness still. Don't look at me like that, like I'm a heretic. <laughs> you died in the wool Pentecostals, you know. <laughs> it's in the wilderness. They had healing. They had provision. They had prophecy. They had the prophetic word. They had all of this stuff, but still in the wilderness. And God brought a whole generation to the edge of the promised land, to a place called Kadesh Barnea, and said, you can see the land. Let's go in. And they said, we won't go in. Isn't that scary? I mean, come on. That's where they were going. That's where all their heritage was. That's where in the, their inheritance was in that place. And Paul writes about this. You know, there was Joshua and there was Caleb there. And they said, we can do it, we can do it. You should see the fruit in this land. It's incredible. You know, and 10 of those Pentecostals, out of 12 of them said, we won't go in. They started to cry all night. Come on. You know? And in the morning they said, oh, well, maybe we will. Moses said, it's over. It's too late. Another 38 years back in the wilderness until they died at that present level and their bones bleached in the wilderness. You've got to go on. We're right at the point of Jordan now. The church has got to cross. We've been long enough around this mountain. It's time to go into the promised land. And I want to tell you, when they went into the promised land, there was no more pillar of fire. 
There was no more manna, but they had something far greater. They had to give up something to go in. And I want to tell you, we're right at that point right now. In Hebrews chapter 12, I've got to watch this clock. Hebrews chapter 12, it's um, Paul the Apostle is talking about this. And verse 18, it says, because, now he's talking to Pentecostals, Hebrew, the Hebrew church, Pentecostal, he said, for you, in verse 18, for you, you are not come unto the mount that might be touched and burned with fire, nor blackness and darkness and tempest. That was Sinai. They came to Sinai, right? And that was Pentecost, and it was great. And there's the sound of a trumpet and the voice which all came off that mountain, Sinai. He said in verse 22, But you are now come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, unto the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, uh, to the general church, the assembly of the firstborn churches in heaven, which is written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and the spirits of just men meet. In other words, you've come to an open heaven. Wow. An innumerable company of angels. There's an angel standing with me today, so tall, listening to everything we are saying here today. I'm going to talk about him a bit later. But you know, it's, it's, we have, this place is a place of an open heaven, and God is going to open portals around the world. Some of them will be churches, some of them will be geographical areas, and there's going to be an open heaven. It was prophesied in the Old Testament that if we followed God with our whole heart, our days would be days as heaven on earth. And God wants to offer you this. He wants you to enter into this. It's destiny. It's already written in heaven for this church. God wants to spark something here that will shake the whole region and light fires everywhere. It is time. It is time. It is time. I watched up. It is time. This is the hour. He said, for you come to Mount Zion. You know, angels, the church in heaven, spirit of just man made perfect, Jesus, the mediator, blood. Hallelujah. You see, the church in heaven and the church on earth is a one church. Paul always spoke about them as one church. He never differentiated between the two. And they're drawing closer. The veil is getting thinner. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's going to give you an open heaven. I tell you, when that happens, your young people, your sons and your daughters are going to be on the floor for hours, and you'll think they're dead, but they're in heaven. I tell you, he's going to open the heavens. I tell you, when they get up off that floor, they'll never be the same again. Dry that drug addicts are going to come in through the door be impacted by the power of God and come two days later totally transformed. This is what God is offering you. On the 28th of May 2003, I had a visitation from an angel and uh, this angel was carrying a large container of water. I was sitting outside in the garden having a cup of coffee and this angel came to me and uh, it was like quite a, a profound experience. He was carrying a very large container of water. And I looked at this angel, 
and 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 uh, I knew who he was, who the angel was, and what his name was, and and um, and he said, I, I I've been sent to talk to you. And I thought, okay. And I had this thing run through my mind. I've got a pastor friend who is coming. Can you wait? <laughs> I wanted him to be here. <laughs> Can you wait? <laughs> and he looked at me. And I was wait I could see he was weighing it. And he said, yeah, okay. So he sat down. An hour later, my pastor friend came. And we con they continued. And um, he had this container of water. And the container, it was see-through container, like glass, but very large, and water was just dripping into it. Drip, 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 drip. And I knew it was going to fill up, but I thought, it's going to take all day. <laughs> you know, drip, drip. And, but it filled real quick, and one last drip fell in, it, and it overflowed. And he looked me straight in the eye, and with a pointed finger, he said, the fullness of time has come. And I thought, oh, I was sensing that an important period in the history of the church was coming to an end. And a new day was opening up. And so, you know, an important time has come to an end. He then went like this and he took this water and poured it in onto the ground. And when the water hit the ground, it was just like it triggered an earthquake. The whole ground shook. The table shook. Everything shook. And um, I was reminded, you know, of the scriptures in Revelation where the angel, the prayers of the saints, he threw them into earth, and there was lightnings and thunders and an earthquake. Uh, obviously, it was not that event. That's still future. But it, it reminded me of that, you know. And uh, he said again, the fullness of time has come. And he said, then he said this to me. He said, you will know that I've been sent from God to tell you this because there will be many earthquakes in the following seven days. And there were five earthquakes around the world. We counted them. My wife and I and my friend counted them off on the net. All these earthquakes around the world. Uh, and, well, I thought. And then he left, you know. And I thought, well, I'm not quite sure what this is all about. I know it's profound, but I'm not sure what it's all about. About a year later, an Indian friend of mine, which you know, he came here, um, and called me and said, Neville, he said, an angel is coming your way. He looks like this, this. He's just been talking with me. He's coming to talk with you. He looks like this. He said, don't joke with him. Um, he's not that kind of angel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> didn't tell me who he was, but you just, just, you know, listen. A few days later, sure enough, this angel turns up. And I looked at him and I thought, no, I won't joke with you. <laughs> the other one is real friendly, and this one is kind of a very high-ranking warfare angel. And so I looked at him and I thought, nobody would mess with you, you know. <laughs> I thought, oh dear. And we'd been in nine months of terrible warfare. I mean, we had been really, uh, we had a principality arrayed against us. And, uh, you know, we were being, my wife and I and others, right, we were being worn into the ground by this thing. High-ranking spirit. And he, inside he said to me, he's come to do warfare for, you, for this situation. And so he just stood there. And I didn't know what to do with him. And he didn't say anything. And, um, 
So I thought, well, somebody's got to break the ice. And I looked at him, he just looked at me, and I thought, I said, look, you know, you know the warfare we're going through. Please go, go and fix it for us. And he went, gone. And I thought, well, so I did, didn't tell me who he was. Um, about 10 days, 14 days later, he came back, and he went like this. It's done. And he sheathed his sword, which was dripping with blood. No messing around, no small talk. And he said, wait three days. And was gone. I mean, he didn't even want a cup of tea or anything. He'd gone, you know, just <laughs> wait three days. So... We did. We waited three days, and my wife and I were sitting around having coffee again. We, I mean, we're not coffee addicts. It sounds like we are, but we're not. <laughs> sitting, having coffee, and, I, and the angel that first came to me with the water pot turned up again. And we were both startled. Um, you know, and this other guy had said, wait three days. And uh, I thought, oh, okay. This angel had a little baby in his hands. And um, I looked at this little baby and I looked at my wife. And he handed me the baby. And I thought, at my age, this is all I need. <laughs> I thought, I wasn't, didn't know what was going on, you know. And um, he handed me the baby. And uh, I know this sounds really strange, but it really happened. Um, it's like, it said, the time has now come. The first time he said, the fullness of time has come. Now he said, the time has now come. You know, these are tricky, these angels. They're kind of, when, when they say soon, forget it. It could be 10 years. But... Um, <laughs> that was narrowing down, you know. And uh, then he read this scripture to me. This angel read this from Isaiah 9 and verse 5. He said, For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with a burning fuel and fire. Now, we've just been through that. That, that wolf angel three days ago, you know, had just sheathed the sword dripping in blood and be, uh, be fighting against this huge principality. And then he said, goes on, says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and the increase of his government. There shall be no end upon the earth. You know that scripture, right? It's talking about the birth, prophecy of the birth of Jesus. Now, referring to Christ. But it was more than that. He was referring to the end time sons of God who are about to be birthed in the face of the earth. And I looked at this baby, and as I looked at this baby, it disappeared within me. And my wife looked at me and she said, hey, you're pregnant. <laughs> I thought, oh Lord, this is all too much. I thought, why am I telling you this? See, there's a countdown over the last few years that's been happening to the church. 
slow but surely, coming to a point, this point in time. We've been in a countdown, you know. Things have lain dormant that have lain dormant for years. Prophecies, words of God to people, prophetic words of people which have lain dormant, which haven't come to pass, are all intersecting in time at this point. Things which were prophesied years ago which have never been fulfilled. Things over your life which has been spoken which have never been fulfilled yet is now dissecting in this time frame. The culmination of years of promises and prophecies and words from the Lord are intersecting with us now. In the fullness of time, they're coming together. The set time for many things has now come. And some of the most profound changes in the church are about to become underway. And I tell you, when this is over, you will not recognize what the church looks like. It will be so different. It's a profound change that is going to happen. The set time has now come. You know, God said in Isaiah 66 and verse 9, he said, Shall I bring to birth and not cause to come forth? Births, you know, are messy and they are painful, so they tell me. And uh, nothing disrupts a household like a new baby, right? That's it, your life is over. You know, everything changes. The first thing to go is sleep. The second thing to go is your own time. You can't, you know, things you could do before go out the window. You got a little baby in the house now. And if you get twins, you're in real trouble, you know. Everything changes in your life. Something dies of your old life. It can't come over into this new because the baby's in the house and there's things you could do before you can't do anymore. So there's a death takes place, you know, to some things. Much of the old ways, you see, can't come over into the new. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very, very interesting because the placenta you know, that uh, nourishes the baby and, and wards off infection and feeds the baby is, is, is absolutely essential and it's great and it's beautiful. But when that baby is born, that has to be cut away and discarded. And if it isn't, it will kill the child. It will poison the child. Wow. Some things of the old cannot come over into the new. Things that worked in the old are not going to work anymore. Thank God, it's going to be much better and much easier. Yes. You see? People are going to come into here with so many problems and be cleaned up sovereignly by the power of God operating on them for hour after hour after hour. And they're going to stand on their feet, brand new people. I tell you, it's going to happen. God's going to do a quick work. He's preparing an army which are going to reap the next harvest. But the house, that army is still out there yet. He's going to bring them in though. Hallelujah. You are coming, you see, to Mount Zion. Hallelujah. What must you do? Well, you know, when God offers us something and says, this is what I want to do, it is always optional. You, because God values our free will, we have the right to say, no, we don't want it. The children of Israel came to Katie Spani and said, we don't want it. 
God said to Esther, Esther, you come to the kingdom for such a time as this, but if you don't move into it, I'll rise up, raise up someone else and you'll go down into obscurity. Scary. That's what he, exactly what he said to Esther. He said, you come to the kingdom for such a time as this, but if you don't follow through on this, he said, I'll find someone else. But you, you'll just go down into obscurity. You'll lose your destiny. For such a time as this, you see. For such a time as this. You know, there's some fearful things going to come on the face of the earth. Really fearful things. While we're still here, before the rapture, one of the greatest lies the enemy has sown is that before the church is called away, things won't get too bad. I've got news for you. That ain't scripture. It's a gross darkness is going to cover the earth. But in that time of gross darkness covering the earth, the glory of the Lord is going to rise upon the church. Church is still here. I believe in the rapture and all of that, so don't look at me sideways. But, you know, it's like things are going to get bad in the earth. You know, when the new variation of bird flu hits the United States, there's going to be hundreds of thousands of deaths. It's not if, it's when it is coming. And the church is going to be a light which will go into the hospitals when there's no hope to heal the sick, raise the dead, empty them out. The harvest begins, the harvest begins, the harvest begins. The time of gross darkness in the earth. The glory of the Lord's going to come upon the people of God. When there's no other hope but God, the church will be there. Oh, hallelujah. God said, when my judgments will be in the earth, the people will learn righteousness. See, the two run together. We can't avoid what's coming because some things are coming. Those horsemen are going to be released, you know, in the book of Revelation. It's going to come. But during that hour, the church is going to be its finest. Hallelujah. You come to the kingdom for such a time as this. This is your destiny. This is your time. You could have been born back there in the Middle Ages in some Islamic nation, but you weren't. You were born here in this generation. It's not by chance, you know, that you were born in this generation. You have to have permission to come here. It's not, you know, optional. You didn't exist when you were conceived. That's not when it happened. You had a destiny, a name, a calling, Instead of Jeremiah, before I knew you, I called you and named you and called you to be a prophet to the nations. Long before you were born, Jeremiah, and you received your marching orders in heaven as a full mature spirit, and you agreed to it, and you agreed to come in this time, and here you are. Come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Hallelujah. Destiny, destiny, destiny. The generation that was to come is this generation. 
that which the Bible writes about, that which God spoke about. Oh, hallelujah. It says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, Psalm 91, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He shall not be afraid. A thousand shall fall, will be dying around him, but it will not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you receive, see this. That's what the Bible says. Oh, hallelujah. Those days are coming. And the church is, it's the church's finest hour. Hallelujah. See, they came to the edge of the promised land and could have gone in. They looked at the giants and said, no, we're happy with what we got. That is the most scary thing out. If you're happy with what you got, you're going to die in that state. Every time, you, all through my life, I've been saying, you know, and I've been through some pretty heavy revivals, but I've seen, there's got to be something better than this. My wife would say, oh, no, don't start saying that again. <laughs> you know? But there has to be something better than this. How are we going to reach this generation? There's got to be something better. You see, you come to the kingdom for such a time. They came to the promised land and they said, no, we're happy with what we got. You remember, they had a pillar of fire, they had a cloud by day, so they had warmth at night, air conditioning during the day, they had manna came down every day, they had water from the protecting them. Pretty good, you know. Pretty good existence. Their clothes never wear out. You know, they might be a bit outdated after 30 odd years, but they didn't wear out. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> and they got to the promised land and looked in there and said there are giants it's too hard too hard I'm happy with my life the way it is but the Bible says they went back for 38 years until they died and their bones bleached in the wilderness oh they were still Christians they still made it through They're still God's people but they died in the wilderness and didn't make it to their inheritance in the promised land. Now God is offering you now. The church has come right to the banks of the river Jordan. It's time to cross over. But Jordan speaks of death, laying down your life. I'm going to talk to you tonight about a little bit about that in the coming harvest. But it's time to lay down. You know, time is running out. It doesn't really matter what happens to us. Now, the years are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Things are escalating, becoming quicker. And time is running out. It's time to lay down everything to be a part of this final thrust of God in the earth be before the Lord returns. I want to challenge you today. Hallelujah. During the night, the Lord came to me four, just after four in this morning. And I... I wrote it down in my journal so I'll get it, keep it accurate, you know. 4.38, the Lord woke me up. And he said, I want to speak to you and tell the people this morning. He said, I will come to you as the rain. The latter rain. The former rain of the 70s was my refreshing. But the latter rain is seven times greater. It will be a deluge. I will do what you cannot do. 
I'll open windows of heaven and pour out my spirit and you will not be able to contain it. It will flow like a river into the highways and byways for I cannot wait, I will not wait any longer. The time has come for a new generation to arise and take the land. The 4th of July will resound in the ears and hearts as a day to be remembered. But this day you will remember forever. Did not I say you would, if you would believe you would see my glory? It begins, the harvest begins. Be strong. For the Lord your God is in the midst of you and he is mighty. Say not there are four months to harvest for the harvest is ripe and at the door. I said, Lord, why did you wake me at 4.38? He said, turn to John chapter 5. I thought, well, I didn't compute. There's no 8s or 30s in John chapter 5. But I turned over to John chapter 5. And he took me down to some scriptures. Verse 4. For the angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. And whosoever then, first after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole. And whatsoever disease he had, now listen, in 5, verse 5, And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity 38 years. He says 4, 38 this man had an infirmity of 38 years. He was crippled, being crippled for 38 years. Does that ring a bell? How long were those children of Israel went back into the wilderness? 38 years. This man was symbolic of the nation. 38 years they'd laid crippled. The church has been crippled for a long time, hasn't reached its maximum potential in God. And God is saying, he's troubling the waters now. The waters are being troubled. The spirit is moving. I mean, the coming healing move is going to be so profound you wouldn't believe it. I tell you, it's... <laughs> oh, I've seen some of it. I have seen little children... Eight, nine, ten. I've seen teenagers going into mental asylums and emptying them out. There's going to be such a download of the gift of faith into these kids that nothing is impossible. And the world will marvel. But you see, 38 years and crippled. But he's stirring the waters. He's stirring the waters. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God also gave me this scripture. I wanted to, you to turn with me to Deuteronomy. Um, I think it was Deuteronomy chapter two, 2 or 21. I think it was 2. I wrote it down, but my scribbling is not the best. Particularly at 4.30 in the morning. Deuteronomy chapter 2. Now it's going to hang on, I'll get it for you. So, 
Sorry. Oh, that's another trip to you here. I'll come back to Deuteronomy in a moment, but Exodus 20, 23, verse 20. Now, this is very serious. Exodus 23, verse 20. Exodus 23, verse 20, says, Behold, I will send an angel before you to keep you in all your way and bring you into the place which I have prepared, that is the promised land. Beware of him. Obey him. Don't provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions. For my name is in him. But if you shall indeed obey the voice, his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto your enemies and an adversary unto thine adversary. For mine angel shall go before you and bring you into the promised land, basically. Now there's an angel standing here today and he's, going to, he's waiting to be assigned to you. He's an angel of breakthrough. And he can bring a breakthrough. He has the power to do that. And this angel is not to be messed with, you know. He won't even speak to me. Don't provoke him. You see, they provoke God when they said, we won't go in, we won't go in. God was so provoked by that. He said, okay. You go back into the wilderness, that's it. Live there if you want to live there. But I've got a generation, he said, which will go in. The Joshua's and Caleb's, a new generation with them, will go into the promised land. And they'll take all the strongholds out. And they'll reap the harvest. But you will go down into obscurity in the wilderness and be never heard of again. God's offering you an opportunity which he, not very many people, churches, situations get offered. Now I don't know why God selects certain areas. Only he knows why that, that, that is the case. In December of this year, the Lord spoke to me Right, around about the 14th of December, 10th or 14th, somewhere around there, he said, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to wait on me for 14 days. And I thought, 14 days, it's a busy time, but you know, yeah, okay, Lord. I waited for 14 days, and on the 14th day, I was sitting, praying, the Lord Jesus and the angel which first came to me with the water pot just walked through the wall into my room. And he looked at me and he said, the time is now. Fullness of time. The time has come. The time is now. And he went, the Lord motioned to this angel, just like this. And he, this angel brought forth a young man, which to me looked about age of oh, 27, 26, 27. A very good looking young man. And uh, I said, well, who is this? He said, that's the baby I gave you. And I thought, Whew. 
So I said, Lord, how old is he? And he said, 30 years of age. It was symbolic, fullness of time for the ministry, the new generation, the sons of God, the new generation, sons of the kingdom to come forth. And then as he said that, on the wall I saw a map of Alabama. The Lord said to me, you will go to a church in Alabama. And this is the only church I'm going to in Alabama. And he said, you will tell them what I tell you to tell them. Now, God says, will you go in? Will you receive it? You see, you've got a free will. It's either yes or no. It's either you're happy with where you are and it's comfortable with where you are, or you're going to take the risk of profound change happening all around you. That's the risk. Things will not be the same. But we, we don't want things to be the same anyway. We want more. But that angel and the Lord requires your affirmation one way or the other. And it's important. You've come to the kingdom for such a time. I know this sounds dramatic. Believe me, I'm not a dramatic person. I'm not. You ask my wife. I'm not dramatic. She's dramatic. She's got Spanish in her, but I'm not. <laughs> but I'm telling it as it is, and God is my witness. I'm telling you the truth. And he's offering you the opportunity to spark off a fire that will affect so many areas. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we don't understand all of your ways. But we do understand what you're saying to us today, Lord. You're so concerned about the harvest. You're so concerned about the people out there who don't know you. You're so concerned, Lord, about this generation. And you look down from heaven to hear the groanings of this generation. And you intend to do something about it. Lord, I just ask you today for grace for your people here. They have a good church, a lovely church, good things. But you, Lord, you've got much, much more for them. They are to pioneer something. And Lord, I ask you this morning for grace. I ask you, Lord, that you will allow this angel breakthrough to operate here. Thank you.
it will change everything. It'll cost you, but it cost you in many ways time, inconvenience. But you'll get start to get the harvest. You can have churches normal if you want. And it's nice and it's tidy and it's good and it's blessed and there's anointing and the presence of the Lord and people still get saved, still get healed, but you'll not make a dent on your whole community at all. There isn't time unless something greater comes. Let's stand together. God wants a response from you. It's either yes, we will go in. Yes, this is what we want. Yes, we say yes, yes, yes. Or we say we'll pass on it. It doesn't happen automatic. These angels don't work automatically. Neither does God. He gives an opportunity and he requires a response. If the response is not right, he goes to someone else. Like Esther, you come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I'm going to ask your pastor to come. And I'm going to ask him, because it's not really not my place to ask for a response from you. It's, it's, it's his place. But I'm going to come and ask him for your response. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's exciting. I know you feel what I felt when I watched this recently and just the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. I sensed the spirit of destiny, the spirit of purpose on my life and your life in Word Alive International Outreach. And I'm challenged by the words of the prophet who said, you can continue to do church and it'll be great, and people will be touched, and people will be blessed, and it'll be a good church, and there'll be good things happening, but you won't dent darkness. And I don't know about you, but I'm just so challenged that I don't want to spend my life going to church or attending church or leading a church that has no eternal impact on people's lives. And so it challenged me as we've stepped into a new era here at Word Alive. We've even changed the way we gather to only gathering on campus once a month. And I know that was a dramatic shift for a lot of us, but we believe Holy Spirit is leading us because it's not about a church. It's about a move of God. And so I really feel like this message is speaking to us right now. The angel of the Lord has brought us to a tipping point. We have been pregnant, spiritually speaking, for 14 years, and now it's time to birth into the earth realm this apostolic center of transformation that will not only shape and shift our city and our lives and our family's life, but yes, an entire state and a nation, and yes, the globe. I'm challenged that Pentecost, as the prophet said in this message, is a wilderness experience. But it was not to stay there. And, you know, Pentecost, we're a Pentecostal church. We, we believe in healing and blessing and provision and the presence of God and the, and the protection of God. But that's all still a wilderness time. That's only preparation. 
God prepared them with Holy Spirit, with Pentecost, not to just live in a bubble of that, but to literally face off the giants and take the land. And he brought them to Kadesh Barnea, which was the promised land, ready to take the land, ready to walk into an inheritance of destiny and purpose. But they went back because they were so comfortable in the wilderness. And I don't know about you, but I'm just challenged that Jesus didn't die to make me comfortable. He didn't die to make me safe. He died to make me dangerous. He died to, he died to challenge me to be a part of transforming people's lives and cities and states and nations as our finish line. And so there's a lot that we're going to unpack the next couple of weeks as we move to our next transformation weekend. But I, I hope you're sensing what I'm trying to communicate so feebly with human words, but there's just a spirit of a convergence of destiny that I feel right now. I've said it before. I'd rather be a novice in something new that God is doing than a professional in something old that God was doing in the past. And I just sense it. It's a new day. It's a new time of destiny. And God is calling us as a people to step into that. And so I just wanted to release this word to you. And I'm going to put a text number up on the screen. And I just wanted to literally hear and feel your response and see how this message is resonating with you. And so if this message today of destiny, of purpose, of Zion, the place of Zion God's calling us to, the place of inheritance, moving beyond what we know as just traditional church or normal church into a move of God, into a kingdom movement where we see personal family, city, state, and national transformation. If this resonates with you, yes, this is what Holy Spirit's speaking to me. I'm simply asking you to text yes. This is what God asks us to do is He asks a response. Will we respond? And I know 14 years ago that we did. We said yes. That's what started this into a place of fruition was when we said yes. And there's many of us that's carried this thing for 14 years. I believe some may have gotten discouraged in the journey and may even, maybe even disheartened in the journey. But now God is, God is asking for a new yes from you. God's asking for a new yes from me, a, another affirmation of yes. I'm willing to pay whatever price, willing to sacrifice whatever normalcy that may be in my life. I thought one of the things the prophet said is when you get pregnant with something, everything, everything changes. Your sleep changes. Your patterns change. Things you used to do, you can't do anymore because it's just new and it's different because you're carrying something you've never carried before. And if that's you today and this message resonates with you, I just want you to, the number on the screen, it's 256 280 4099. Just simply text yes. And I will take that as this message is resonating with you. And then I will turn right around and send you information, uh, a package of information that will help equip us to step in to this season that I believe God is calling us to at Word Alive International Outreach to become, yes, that center of transformation that God has predestined before the earth was ever here for us to walk in. You and I, we have been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. I know that I know that I know that this is our time. It is a time of supernatural convergence of promises, 
I sense by the Spirit, many watching me right now, you know, it says hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when fulfillment comes, it's a tree of life. I'm telling you, we're going to taste and see that the Lord is good. We're going to taste and see that His promises are true. God is not a man that He could lie, nor the Son of Man that He should repent. If He said it, He's going to do it. If He's spoken it, it will come to pass. And I know if, if you're like me, I've, there's many reasons why God shouldn't do it. I'm so imperfect. You're imperfect. We've made many mistakes along this journey. But what I'm so assured of, it's not based upon you. It's not based upon me, our behavior, or even our ability to make it happen. It's a promise of God. God promised us a move of God through covenant, just like Abraham, who him, he and Sarah were 99 years old. No way to bring about the promise of Isaac. And boom, God steps in and it happens. I feel we're at that moment. We're at that moment where God is stepping into our lives and going to bring about the promises and the convergence of destiny upon our lives that we've never seen before. And so I just wanted to release this to you today. I know it was different, a little lengthier than normal, but if this has resonated with you, please text 256-280-4099. Just simply text yes. That's your and our, I'm saying this is our response, not to Kent, to the Lord. We're saying yes. And then those that text yes, I will turn around and send you a package of information with some details, just short teachings and some information to kind of help us move forward in this. And then our transformational weekend, uh, May 7th, 8th, and 9th, if at all possible, come on campus. If not, tune in online because I believe something significant will be released that time. I've thoroughly enjoyed today. Thank you for this moment together. Thank you for in, in stepping into it, a different type of day with me. But I feel Holy Spirit in a very tangible, strong way, and I know you do as well. And I'm looking forward to what God is going to do in my life and in your life this season. One more time, 256-280-4099. Text yes, I want to be part of this move of God. I love you guys, and I'll see you next week. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.